From props to parlays to totals and spreads, it's time for Odds and End Zones, a feature of the Fans First Sports Network. It's time to sweat it out. Here's your hosts, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati. Adam, the Broncos' five-game winning streak is over, which a lot of people maybe thought could, may happen. It's hard to win on the road in the National Football League. Very hard. Regardless of how good you think that team is, yet despite all of that, the Broncos' offense turns the ball over three times. They don't convert on third down. 0 for 11. Red zone, 1 for 3. Not great have a chance first and goal at the eight with under a minute left to win the game. And as Sean Payton calls the final play that led to the interception on third down chaos, they still almost won the game. They were right there. They were right there. All right, here we go. I got to say it. I'm jumping in. I'm doing it. I am. I am so tired of the, Russ is is garbage narrative based off of this game. It is insane to me that after a five-game winning streak where Russ played well, and Russ has played well all season. I'm not saying he's the best quarterback in the NFL, and I think we all understand that he has settled into the game manager role that he is is now in pretty well. The, the narrative that Sean Payton is done with Russ and the Broncos have to move on and he's no good anymore and he's washed all over this one game is infuriating to me. It is it is insane. And I'm, I'm going to go straight to the source. I'm going to the source. I'm going to go straight to the, the play that has been posted over and over and over and over on Twitter. It has been talked about here in our Mile High Report Slack. It's It's been in articles. Everybody is talking about this. Everybody is mentioning it. And it's the fourth down play where Jerry Judy comes wide open and Jerry Judy reacts to not getting the football because Jerry Judy is want to do that. He does it all the time. And that is the play that people point to and say, this is the problem with Russell Wilson. Wrong. Wrong. That's it's incorrect. Watch that play. I watched it. You watched it. Everybody watched it. If you didn't watch it and you're complaining about it, you don't know what you're talking about. I watched that play. Jerry Judy was open, but he wasn't open until after Russell Wilson is getting pressure. Because one of the things you didn't mention in the whole scenario about that game is the fact that the Denver Broncos offensive line could not pass block at all the entire game. There was a defender in the Broncos backfield every single play. And whether it was a member of the Houston Texans secondary or the defensive line or an edge rush or a linebacker. There was somebody in the backfield that entire game. And Russell Wilson was constantly running for his life. Constantly. On that play, it's fourth down. They're going for it. I love that. I love that Sean Payton's going for it, which means he has confidence in his quarterback to pick up the first down. That's what that means. Therefore, job one on that play is not hit Jerry Judy for a touchdown. It would be nice, but it isn't job one. Job one on that play is pick up the first down. And that play broke down almost immediately. So Wilson's going through his progression, and maybe Judy's read two. That's my that's my take on it. Maybe he's read one. But when the play breaks down that quickly, read one goes away, and you've got to do something to pick up the first down. And quite frankly, 
That is exactly what Russell Wilson did. And it's what Russell Wilson has been doing for the entire season. He has been making it work. And through the first six weeks of the season, it wasn't great. It was bad. They lost games they should have won. They should have beat Washington. They 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 struggled against the Bears, but they pulled out a win. There were They should have beat the Jets. You could go on and on. But in the five-game win streak, he made those plays work, and he and, and it was good, and we were all so happy. And we lived on this puffy little cloud floating in the air of perfection, and we were so happy about it. And then we lost a game, and we all come crashing back down to earth, and we all want to point the finger at somebody, and the easy target is Russell Wilson, and we say stupid things that make no sense because we don't look at a play in context. We just look at Jerry Judy slamming his brick hands into the ground because that's what his hands are half the time, complaining that he didn't get the ball on that play. How was Russell Wilson going to throw him the ball under duress when his job is to pick up the first down on that fourth down? How is that the play that people are pointing at? It's insane to me. And I, I won't have it. I won't have it. Was it Russell Wilson's best game? God, no. Through three interceptions. The last one, I can kind of forgive it. Again, chaos. He's under duress. He's trying to make something happen. He probably should have thrown it away. There was time left on the clock. Whatever, fine. Maybe he was trying to throw it away, but... You know, you're running for your life. You're not super accurate. The rest of it, yeah, it wasn't great. On the like, As you said, on the road against a team that is in the ascendancy, that is probably going to make the playoffs. I was watching Rich Eisen today on my, on my lunch break because that's what I do. And he had a top five list of teams that are going to crash the playoffs. The Broncos were number three on that list, by the way. Rich Eisen's still very high on them. Number one on his list was the Houston Texans. So, what are we bitching about? What are we doing? We expect perfection after what we've seen this season. You expect perfection. Get off your puffy little floaty cloud, which you've already jumped off of. Come back down to reality and recognize that when we started this streak, you and I talked about when the Broncos started this streak, before they started it, if they go 7-2 and two down the stretch, they could make the playoffs. They're 5-1. and one. They're 5-1 and one in the, in those games, in those nine games. Last I checked, they only got to win two more. And they've gone seven and two down the stretch. And they're in the playoffs. Now, it's not locked. But there are other things that could happen that will help with that. I, I just, I, I'm upset they lost two. But what are we doing? What are we doing? I'm glad you mentioned the offensive line. Because it wasn't just Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson wasn't good on Sunday. And I think Sean Payton did his coaching teaching element by being hard on him, which is, I think what, which is what I think led to people starting to create the personal like vendetta attacks, like just looking for any excuse to attack him. That's not what Sean Payton was doing. He was being a leader. He was being a teacher. He was being a coach. He was being what Russell Wilson needs, and that's a hard leader. But it wasn't just Russ. The rest of the offense was garbage. They couldn't run the football. The offensive line, as good as it was against the Cleveland Browns, was terrible against the Houston Texans. Will Anderson completely own Garrett Bowles the entire game as a rookie. The defense, we said it. I said it. It wasn't my key to the game, but I said it was my key to the game. 
You have to limit the explosive plays against C.J. Stroud and the Texans. Did they do that? No, because Nico Collins just had another 50-yard bomb that was completed from C.J. Stroud. And on top of that, here's my rant. Alex Singleton is a dumbass. I'm going back to that 70s show where his line was, dumbass, that's Alex Singleton. As I told you, because you didn't see the play, all I mean, he needed to do... I have seen it since, but yeah. All Alex Singleton needed to do was nothing. He had no need to chase after C.J. Stroud. None. Just go back to the huddle. Did he? No. He committed a dumbass 15-yard penalty that cost his team a field goal. The Texans would have had to kick a field goal. Instead, it's a first and goal. You're a dumbass. And anyone supporting Alex Singleton is a dumbass. It's not about him. It's about the team. Why are you talking trash? You're an okay middle linebacker. And I'm being easy on okay. Yes, he leads the team in tackles. How many has he missed? He's one of the worst missed tacklers on the team for all the tackles that he does get. So it wasn't just Russell Wilson. It was the defense giving up big plays. It was the offensive line's inability to block anybody. It was the coaching staff. Sean Payton's coaching wasn't exactly stellar on Sunday. He admitted to that. The special teams. The Texans special teams outclassed the Broncos on Sunday. That's another element to all of this. So it wasn't just Russ. It was the whole team. But here's the thing. As I mentioned, despite all of that, they still had a chance to win the game. So you take it, you learn from it, you get better. Now they go on the road against the Chargers, who are going to charge her. Chargers going to charge her. I, I mean, it's not the end. I get it. You have this feeling like, oh, they're so close. And then they lose, and it feels like the world's crashing in. Let's take a look at it before we get into the game against the Chargers. As you mentioned, the playoffs. Pittsburgh Steelers are now playing Mitch Trubisky. The Cleveland Browns are now playing Joe Flacco. The Texans, probably going to make the playoffs. Colts, probably going to make the playoffs based on those two schedules for the Texans and the Colts. The Bills, one of the hardest schedules in football. They done. The Bengals got lucky against the Jaguars. They done. Broncos are right there. It's not over. And that's just not me as a guy who has a futures bet on the Broncos to make the playoffs Same. or as a guy wearing orange and blue glasses. Same. Also. They have a legitimate shot to get into the playoffs. They do. I, let me just, I, I do want to, I, I do have a, a piece to say about the Singleton thing and then we can move on. Uh, idiot, right? I get, I'll give you the, the idiot or dumbass uh, sort of statement there. I, I will point out though, and, and this is just, this is my own beef having gone back and watched that play several times to try and figure out what was so egregious about what he did. It wasn't the the, slight, the little shove that he put 
on CJ Stroud. And it is mind boggling to me that CJ Stroud's reaction was to headbutt him and he got the he got the flag thrown on him. I, I don't understand that. But the point that I think is important here, because what what Singleton did to me was not that big a deal. Except for the fact that you ha- you you have a team in a position where if you do something silly like that, you could get flagged and it could cost your team. Just just don't touch him. Don't go out. You don't have to. And I know it's the hard nose and it's the we're, you know, we're a tough team. We're going to show how tough we are. And uh, the Broncos have been bad for so long that we kind of like that. We like when they're scrappy until until it hurts them. Right. Until it hurts the team. And that was a situation where I thought Stroud was the one who overreacted. I thought Stroud should have gotten the penalty, not not Singleton. But why put yourself in that position? And, and that was the point that Sean Payton made. If you watch the watch his reaction on the sideline, it was, why did you do that? We didn't need that. Why would you put yourself in that exactly. position? And that's, that's my the issue. Point. And that's the issue. It wasn't it wasn't that he deserved the flag. I think that's the thing that that drives me nuts. Oh, he deserved it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. But you put yourself in a position to allow the refs to do something that they always do, which is protect the quarterback. I mean, look at the especially at home. Especially at home. I mean, look at the play, uh, the Patrick Mahomes play from Monday night against the Packers. He he got caught. I don't remember the name of the the Packer, but hit Patrick Mahomes while he was still fully in bounds. And got called for a late hit, which I don't know how that works. I don't understand the. It can't be late if he's inbounds and he's not sliding, unless it's Patty Mahomes, I guess. But just, just don't, don't put yourself in that position. And it's a learning opportunity. And I don't want to overreact. And I do want to talk about how they can take this game and use it moving forward as they go to play the Chargers. That, that to me is is what has to happen. If you if you're going to look at this loss and be devastated, then you're an idiot. You have to look at this loss and apply it to what can they do against a team like the Chargers. Because we know Chargers are going to Charger, but we also know there's a ton of talent on that team and they could steal a win here. They could they could they could be the second loss of that 7 and 2 scenario, which then means you do have to win out. That makes it scarier. That's what makes this game super super important. And it goes back to what was the key against the the Texans and CJ Stroud. It's the same element. You cannot give up explosive plays. Now that's not my key to the game, but I'm going to throw it out there. You cannot allow Justin Herbert to hit Keenan Allen or any of the other healthy receivers that they have. Above stopping Austin Eckler in the run game, you cannot let Justin Herbert have explosive plays. Because if that happens, the same thing is going to happen that happened against the Texans. My key to the game is is a switch. I've been talking about stopping the run, and I probably could talk about stopping the run uh, against the Chargers with Austin Eckler and, and, and their offensive abilities. But I'm actually going to go back to the Alex Singleton thing. I, don't be stupid, right? I, there's, a, there's a certain aspect to this that if you play smart, play aggressive, but play smart, then you're you're going to find success. And and that was really the thing that you can come away from the game against the Texans and say, okay, well, what did you learn, right? I always say that. I always I say that to my students all the time as a teacher, and I was really glad you brought up the whole teacher thing about Sean Payton and the way that he is coaching Russell Wilson and, and being a teacher and also being hard on him because he needs it. But what did you learn? 
What did we learn from what happened? I always say that. What did you learn? And if you didn't learn anything, you know, as a coach, I got a, a ball player who makes a mistake. What'd you learn? If you didn't learn anything, then you then you didn't get better. I'm going to guess that what the Broncos learned was don't be stupid. The players had to have learned from that. Don't don't make stupid mistakes. Don't allow your emotions and your actions that that you know, don't don't be dumb. Don't be a dumbass as you said. I really like that term and I'm going to go ahead and keep using it as well. And and you should be fine. So don't make stupid mistakes. That's what you should have learned from this game because it was the stupid mistakes that really cost this team an opportunity to win that game. And if you apply that to the Chargers, Chargers are going to charge her, but that doesn't mean that they won't sneak a win. Play smart, and you should be okay. That's my, that's my key to the game. My real key to the game is for the offense to convert. They need to convert on third down. They need to convert in the red zone. And when I say convert, they need to score touchdowns. They cannot go 0 for 11 again on third down. You're just you're not going to win football games so when bad. you're 0 for 11 on third down. It was so bad. And the fact the Broncos still had a chance to win the game despite going 0 for 11 on third down is crazy to me. But that's what they need to do. You convert on third down, you keep drives alive. You, And that goes back to running the football. I think one thing that Sean Payton got away from was trying was running the football. That was one of the things that led to the offense having success over that five-game winning streak. They needed to run the football. Yeah, it was. They need to do that on Sunday. And I do think part of that was just the the poor play by the offensive line. It was it was so bad. The offensive line was so bad against the Texans. And I will say one thing I worry about going into the game against the Chargers is you have a a player like Khalil Mack that can take advantage of a bad offensive line. You have a a defense that I know, and you know, I'm talking about it in 2016 terms, maybe, but you do have a defense with a lot of talent that could take take advantage of that. So running the football, as you said, is important. I worry that the offensive line struggled so much, but I, I do think that they can they can rebound, if you will. They can bounce back uh, and, and, and play better. Um, you got any players? I will say one thing. Ahead. I'd say one thing that benefits the Broncos in that sense is you have a hobbled Joey Bosa, mm-hmm. so he's not going to be able to go. If it was both of them, that would be a major concern because – Mike McGlinchey wasn't really great on Sunday. Nobody was on that line. So now what you're able to do is you're able to get a tight end to put him next to Garrett Bowles to give him a little bit of help with Khalil Mack if that's where Brandon Staley puts him. Who knows? Staley might put Khalil Mack at safety. We can hope. But that that would be what I would do. So that that the one benefit that the Broncos ha- offense has is Joey Bosa being out. I like it. Player to watch. Let's start offensive on line. You're gonna go offense. I'm gonna go offense. Okay, offense. Okay. I'm gonna go offensive line. Okay. They need to protect better. They need to do run blocking. But they need to play the way they did against the Browns. That's the way this offensive line has to play. And I don't know if it was because they got inflated egos because of shutting down that defensive front from the Browns or what it was. But as good as they were against the Browns, as I said, they were equally as bad against the Texans. That needs to flip on Sunday against the Chargers. I think, you know, what's interesting. I I do think that what happened is a really good example of just how good the league is. And 
the NFL is the NFL for a reason. And even the bad teams are good. And I always, I always loved the conversation when Miami was super great. And I think it was like the early two thousands and the Bengals were real bad. I remember the conversation of, well, Miami could beat the Bengals. Uh, so if you're not old enough to remember that, think back to when Alabama was so good uh, a few years ago. And people would talk about, I think Alabama could beat whichever team was awful at the time, probably the jets or the lions, who knows. And if, if you, if you think about, I do think Alabama could beat the current iteration of the Jets. By the way, sorry I, to interrupt. I, I understand that, but I actually would. I would argue that they probably couldn't. That's how good the NFL is. That, quite frankly, it is silly to think that the NFL isn't that good, even at the lowest level of team. And that's why it's the margin for error is so small. Which is why my player to watch on offense, unfortunately, is going to be Russell Wilson, because. The margin for error is so small, and he is a really good game manager right now. And the question is going to be, how well does he take the the hard-nosed coaching that he asked for at the beginning of the season that Sean Payton was willing to offer up, how does he take it going into this game against the Chargers? A division rival, huge playoff implications, very important to get back on the winning side of football. Is he able to respond? I'm not... I'm not throwing away the Houston Texans game, but what I am saying is that to me was an example of how good this Broncos team can be even when their quarterback doesn't play well and everybody else also plays pretty horrible. And so if Russell Wilson plays well because the offensive line should be better, then I think that should be good to go. That's my that's my take on it. So Russell Wilson. And also, you know what? Watch Jerry Judy. Maybe he'll catch a ball. Who knows? I don't know. I don't really care. Like I don't get in. I, I'm not. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, defense. I'm going to go with the secondary. I, I, I think you have to have Pat Sertan match Keenan Allen as a fantasy owner of Keenan Allen. I would hope that that's not what Vance Joseph does. And you put like Fabian Moreau on him. Like for some reason, Demari Fabian Mathis. Moreau was he, or yeah, like one, but Moreau was covering, Nico Collins on Sunday. It's like, what, what are we doing here? Really? Like tank Dell goes out and then you're like, no, we're not going to have Pat Sertan on Nico Collins, who has 190 yards receiving, who yet again, just blew by this, the secondary to get another deep pass. Another one. Just we're going to put Fabian Moreau on Nico Collins. So I, I think it's going to be on the secondary because Justin Herbert can sling it. He can spin it with the best of him. I, I view a lot of this like Elway with Dan Reeves, but the difference was Elway was really good and got teams into the playoffs and didn't give up a 28-point lead and lose. So I think it's on the secondary. I can see they, that. And they have to limit the big plays. Who's going to cover who? I mean, Jaquan McMillan continues to ball out. He almost had a fumble. He did force a fumble that was almost recovered by Jonathan Cooper, which is something we didn't mention. If the Broncos recover that fumble, they're they in the prime game. scoring position. They win the game if they recover that. I mean, it changes the – and, it, again, it just goes back to the luck aspect of the NFL, and that ball bounces a slightly different way or, or what have you, and they, they they win the game. So, yeah, my, uh, my, my player to watch on defense is going to be the defensive line. The uh, need to control the defensive line, the need to um, essentially make sure that uh, – Austin Eckler doesn't 
go off. Again, that's another player who you have to be concerned about. We talked about Keenan Allen. You got to talk about Austin Eckler to make sure that offense doesn't go off in that way is important as well, which means the defensive line is super important. Before we get into our predictions, what do you make of the Chargers being a home two and a half point favorite at DraftKings? I think coming off a loss and with the the narrative that's out there about how bad Russell Wilson is after one game and the fact that he's washed, I think I think that plays into it. Uh, and so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. Um, and again, it's it's one of those things where for whatever reason there's a propensity in the NFL amongst. Uh, the talking heads of the world, and I suppose uh, amongst the bookies that uh, bookies, the sports books, I should say, oh, bookies, you know, whatever. Uh, the, the, for whatever reason, the Chargers are always going to be that sort of darling, right? There's a reason that, and I don't know if it's because people like their uniforms, or if there's just this belief in Justin Herbert. I, I just, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy to see it because it means that when I bet. Uh, on this game that there's, I mean, that, that just makes it easier for me. So uh, not surprised at all. I think a large part of it is the home field advantage, even though it's not going to be a home field advantage, there's going to be a lot of Broncos fans there. Like there were on Sunday in Houston. So it was very orange in Houston. I I, I'm, I'm a little surprised by it, but not really when I think when it opened up, it was three and a half. That was surprising. There's no way the Chargers should be a three and a half point favorite over the Broncos, but at least it went down and it's a more respectable number now. I think makes more sense. You score, you got one. I'm gonna go 24, 21 Broncos. Well, that's interesting. All right, I'm close to that. I'm at 23, 17. Um, I, I think it's a, I think it's a close game, but not. I think it's a one score game for sure. Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're right in the same ballpark there. Again, take the under, right? Is that the under? I don't even know. Is that, let's see, 17, that's 40. Uh, what, what is the over-under on this one? I'm very good right at over-under, apparently. You should check out my tally site. Right now at DraftKings, it's 44. Yeah, take the under. Why wouldn't you? I Did you notice that? I'm like, awesome. I had no idea. <laughs> Me and Lori, good old Doc. Me and Doc killing the over-under. Had no idea. I think we both go to the same school of, we'll just take the under. It'll be fine. Especially on primetime games. Oh, oh my God. Nobody scores in primetime. It's it's awful. Don't do it. So Except last night. Yeah. <laughs> well, last night was a fun game. That's true. And then Trevor Lawrence. Last uh, night being Monday night yes, in Monday Jackson. Night. I know. We got we got to remember the timestamps, right? Uh, the Trevor Lawrence injury, that's going to that's gonna impact some things. That could be huge, especially for the Texans, because the Texans are right there now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Colts are right there with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Both of them are a game behind now and the Texans play the Colts. And I believe each plays each other. I haven't looked at the AFC South schedule, but I'm pretty sure they all play each other at least one more time. That, I mean, that division is, is wide open. It's going to be fun to watch. So I'm, I'm excited about that. All right, let's do our whip. I got to pull the schedule. I forgot to do that. Uh, Let's see here. NFL schedule. Let's check out the AFC West to start like we do. Uh, and it looks to me like uh, the AFC West is obviously Broncos Chargers, so we've already covered that. Uh, Raiders play the Vikings. All right, who cares? <laughs> there, I covered that game. Uh, game of the week could be Chiefs-Bills at, I mean, at Arrowhead. 
they they talk it up. But Chiefs the, coming off a loss. Bills struggling. Is that? I mean, it's a big. That's an important game. I if the Bills don't win it, that game, they're done. Right? Yeah. If the Bills lose, they're done. They're out. But if the Chiefs lose, the Broncos are still two games back of the Chiefs in the AFC West. That's another thing that makes that loss to the Texans mm-hmm. so tough. Yep. The Broncos would be a game back now of the Chiefs in the AFC West had they pulled out the one in Houston. Still, it's an outside shot, but you'd be a game if the Broncos win, Chiefs lose, you're a game back of the Chiefs in the AFC West. I don't think it happens. I think the Chiefs win because they're at home. And Josh Allen is going to Josh Allen. You know, it's it's funny. He, You you are the biggest uh, hater of Josh Allen. I will say that. I, I know there's a lot of people who like Josh Allen. You are not one of them. Uh, you, have, you have been vocal about that. And you've been, I will say this, I'll give you credit. You have also been very steadfast in your dislike of Josh Allen, and you don't waver on it. You, you respect when he plays From the get-go. Well. You you respect when he plays well, but you don't change your belief that Josh Allen is an overrated quarterback. Uh, I I don't go with you on that a hundred percent. I think that he's got a ton of potential, uh, and is somebody that it never surprises me when he plays well. But mentally, there's a a a, a block there. His faith <laughs> in his that's a great way to put it. Well, that, it's, it's, he's, he 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 has too much faith head. in himself. He's got too much faith in himself. And I think great players usually do. It's the execution that that matters. He's too loose with the football. And what do we know? I mean, the Broncos turn the football over three times against the Texans. If they don't, they win that game. Period. End of discussion. That's that's my full belief on that. And so it, it is interesting to watch him play football because you know he's going to turn the football over. And how bad is that going to hurt his team? That's always the question. So – uh, as far as that goes, I think you're right. I think the Chiefs pull it out. They're at home. They need a bounce-back win, and you're right. It, it hurts that the Broncos lost that even more because, of course, the Chiefs lost to the Packers and, and Jordan Love. So, you know, there is that. Uh, any other game that stands out to you this week that is super important? I see one right off the bat. There's a couple, and it, it directly ties in to the playoffs and the Broncos' hunt their fit in the playoffs so you have the Colts at the Bengals. That's going to be a very interesting game because the Bengals are now six and six, but the Colts are up on the Denver Broncos at seven and five. I believe the Colts are the current seven seed. I believe so. In the AFC over the Houston Texans, who play the Jets. So who just cut Boyle and signed. Brett Rippon. I don't know if you heard this, but Robert Sala said that Tim Boyle could be the next Kurt Warner. Yeah, he could. I, I don't know I, if I you did remember hear that. that. I think that's hilarious. Well, if he is, it'll be a different team, right? Stay humble. Stay humble. And then the other one is Jaguars Browns. That's huge because now Jacksonville is without Trevor Lawrence. That's a game where if Trevor Lawrence is healthy, they're going to be a huge favorite over over Cleveland with Joe Flacco. I still think the Jaguars should be favored. With Even with Beathard as their quarterback, you still have Joe Flacco. So those are the big games in terms of the playoff hunt. See how they unfold. And then the game 
Sunday night, Eagles, Cowboys. Are the Cowboys for real? No. Can they beat a team with a winning record? No. Sorry. I don't believe in the Cowboys. I don't believe in the Cowboys. Would I take Dak Prescott as the quarterback for the Denver Broncos right now? Yes, absolutely I would. Do I believe in the Cowboys? No. No, I do not. As someone who has a futures bet on Dak Prescott to win the MVP, I'm hope and I just I'm sick of Eagles fans. Can I say something? Sure, yeah, yeah, get him. Why was that security guard on the sidelines standing next to Nick Sirianni? That's a good question. I, I I saw that too and was very confused by that. And then why is he sticking his finger in the fair's hand in the face of a player? What are you doing? You're you're not you're you're not a guy that deserves to be here. Move. So I I, I actually had a problem with them ejecting. Uh, who was the player for the Niners? His name is now Greenlaw. Off. Thank you, Greenlaw. I I was not thinking. I was I was like it has something to do with the color green and legal stuff. What is it? <laughs> it's Greenlaw, dummy. It's a dumbass. Uh, <laughs> but no, I really we're gonna eject a player for essentially like I, I get it. Like don't uh, don't put your finger in somebody's face. But who is who is this guy? Why is he here? Why are you here? Like, go away. You yeah, have, he's a security guard. Why are who? you standing next to the who head are you coach? Who are you securing? What are you guarding? Go away. Like, get out of here. Nick Sirianni and, and, and his, like, there's a certain amount. I, this is going to sound, I, I'm allowed to say this. I'm Italian. Like, you're not a mob boss. You're a head coach in the NFL. You don't need a bodyguard. Knock it off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, uh, quite and frankly. And I'm I so Italian sick of Philly fans. Hat. I, I love the Italian flag on Sirianni's hat. I love, I, I mean, it's I, you know the cultural thing. I kind of enjoy that. But I'm sorry, John Gotti's dead. Move on. What are we doing? What are we doing? That's kind of my phrase recently. I've noticed. I say a lot of "What are we doing?" It's, I have a, it's a it's a good question. And I'm just sick of Philly fans. Like, uh, was there anything more Philly than cheering a fat guy walking off the field who shouldn't have been cheered? Like. But you didn't cheer the fat guy when he was Santa. You, you know, booed him when he was at the Flyers games. I just, I'm sick of, I'm sick of Philly fans. You know, what's I want to see more the Cowboys Philly? win on Sunday night. You know, it's even more Philly, and I'm not going to say too much about it. But the the fact that somebody chose to write an article that said that they like Jalen Hurts, but Brock Purdy would be a god in Philadelphia. Gosh, I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs>